Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis McAtee, here from the home office in Greenville. And Lisa's here with me. Lisa, where are you at? I am outside of DC today. Wow, you you get all you get a, you get around, don't you? I'm just everywhere. I'm just you, you know you just never know where I'm going to pop up. Well, I, I appreciate you being here, and uh, we we got a special guest that we're going to introduce in just a minute, and he's actually in Oxford, Mississippi. So we kind of got a lot of the parts of the country covered today. Wow, so, that's um, pretty amazing. It, it it really is. So so Lisa, it, we've got the five d five day focus leader challenge. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Five day focus leader challenge. We have all been through chaos and just everything else the last 18 months. We are, if you're listening to this in 2025, we are just coming out of the pandemic of 2020 and everybody is just wanting to get back to normal, get our focus back, get our productivity back. And that's what this five day challenge is. It'll, it's every day, five days, you know, it'll take you a minute, a minute and a half. It's a video. It's got a little action step. And you just take this action step. It's super practical. And just to help you kind of be a little bit more productive, be a little bit more focused, and let's just get our lives back. Let's do it. So go to www.dramafreeresults.com. You can sign up for it there. And the best part, totally free. We don't want anything from you. We just want something for you. Yeah. So Lisa, let's introduce our friend, Jeff McManus here from Old Miss University in, uh, did I say old or old? I don't know what I said, right? So I, 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 Jeff, how, how do you pronounce it like the Oxford way? Well, it's O-L-E, O-L-E, or if you're Siri, it's Ole, right? It's Ole. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ole Miss, and it's actually, it's the nickname for the University of Mississippi. So Ole Miss. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for just like being with us. We've been friends for for a long time. And, you know, what I really love about you is just your transparency and leadership. And what I love about you is that, Jeff, it's like what I see is what I get. And you're kind of the same at home, right? I know your family. I know your boys. I know your wife. You're you're kind of the same at home and you're the same at Old Miss. You're the same at church. You're, you're, you're just Jeff. It's like, you know, what you see is what you get. And I, I wanted just to have you come on because you do a great job with that team there at Old Miss. And it, just give us some hints, some ideas. I know you got a new book coming out, but what are some of these characteristics that you've seen of like the best leaders? I, I think, you know, Dennis, I was just in my mastermind group this morning and one of the key terms that describes our culture and what we've done is because of consistency. Leadership is about being consistent and parenting is about being consistent over and over. So people begin, you know, they trust you, they depend on you. So that consistency uh, really rings strong for me. And what do you see like are, what are some of the barriers to consistency? Because because I think everybody that's listening to us, it's like, right, Jeff, we it, nobody doesn't wake up and say, gosh, I don't want to be consistent, right? I kind of want to be all over the map. It's, it's like, that's a great goal, but not everybody gets it. So it, in your history, like what have you seen? These are some of the barriers that people are going to have to get over to be consistent. I think the two that just popped in my mind when you said that one was fear and the mm. other is ego, right? Oh my fear, gosh. You know, fear is can because something we pushes us out of our comfort zone, something we don't want to do. Uh, Lisa mentioned about the pandemic, and there was so there's so many people consumed in fear, and so we just tend to shut down, go to familiarity, and stay there. Uh, ego, ego just is is just so you know in couples, married couples especially. I mean, my wife and I pray about this often. 
that our egos are crushed, right? That our pride is let go of because pride can keep your mouth quiet. It can keep you from doing good things and from leading. It can just stop you from leading well. You know, Jeff, it's almost like, you know, when, when you have a big ego, it's like, you're really making it all about you. Yeah, that's right? true. And when you're, if you're speaking and you're super nervous, it's usually because you're focused on yourself and instead of the value that you're bringing to the people around you, it, right? It, you're not, you're, you're worried about you, how you look, right? Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because the people around you know when you're making it all about you. I mean, people just pick that up. You no, know, everybody thinks you know, that they can hide it. But really when you're, when you're in a room and you're in a, with a group of people and someone is making it all about them, I mean, it just shows, it just, it's like a flashing red light. Well, and it's almost like, I mean, cause people feel you before they hear you or we've all been around people and it's like, they sound the right way. They're dressed the right way, but just something on the inside, you go, mm, there's just something, something. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it because people always feel you before, before they hear you. So, so Jeff, what are some of these keys that, that you find, and you do so good with your team about making it about them, right? It's not about you and your ego and what you want to accomplish, but you're really great at like making it all about your team. So talk to us a little bit about how that came about at uh, Ole Miss. Well, I appreciate the kind of words. I don't, I don't know if I would hundred percent agree with you, but again, that probably leads to what the point I'm going to tell you right here, which is stay <laughs> humble, right? And you've got to stay humble because You've got to be willing to make the people above you successful and you got to make the people who answer to you successful. So if you're taking care of both of those groups and, and staying humble, uh, we just had an, a big incident out uh, trying to figure out a, a challenge on one of our situations. And I had no clue what the answer was. So the, but the best thing I did was go to eat lunch with five different people and I got five amazing answers. And so when I went to the person to tell them some possibilities, I said, I didn't come up with any of these, right? Just stay humble. I could have taken credit for all of them. They didn't know. But I, that's what one of the things that we want to do is like, you know, help, help our people be successful. Let them look good. Uh, when we do landscaping on campus and we win national recognition, right? I had very little to do with it, right? It's, it's the yeah. team out there that's sweating it. Yeah. They're mowing, edging, weed eating. It really is. And, uh, it, and it's telling the stories of Patrick, who's out there mentoring people, right? Mm -hmm. He's one of our frontline guys, and yet he's mentoring students. And these students graduate, and then they come back and they talk about Patrick. Why? Because awesome. Patrick, had, he, he planted in their lives, right? And so those are the wins. That's, I think, to me, is letting your people be successful and setting them up, you know, showing them what success looks like. I think that's really cool. I love what you said there. You know, there's, there's a question, there's a project, there's a, a situation and you've got to come up with the answer. You don't have the answer. So what do you do? You go to five people and find out what they have to say about it. It's pulling in the expertise of those around you and then heralding them when you go and present the answer. I mean, what a great environment for a company or for a team to know that everyone's voice is valuable and everyone's opinion is needed. Well, and then, it, and then if you take it a step further, it like really creates buy-in. And so the principle is, is that people don't argue with their own data, right? And the fact that the, they're able to express it, <clears throat> it really increases that buy-in and increases that engagement. And Jeff, that's what I've seen when I visited you there at Ole Miss is that you really have this team that's highly engaged. And really in an industry where people think, 
what? There's engagement in that industry. It's kind of a blue collar type, but they are super engaged and you've been able to do that. And it's, it's really a testimony to your leadership. Well, Dennis, thanks. I learned a lot of this uh, from you, though, because you ask great questions. And it, it really is. It's like if you continue to ask good questions, people will people want to give you answers. If they trust you and they feel like they're in a, in a safe place that you're not going to laugh at them and things, mm-hmm. they will begin to open up and share. And that's where you get the buy-in. That's where their ideas become the way we do things. And, and so we've let, we framework, we put a framework around whatever the situation is, and then we develop questions and let our staff come up with the solutions. And that's been part of our magic is to be able to do more with less is because our staff is really engaged and they're highly motivated. And I don't have to go out there and raw wrong, right? I don't have to go out there and give them the old Newt Rockney speech or anything. It's just like, this is y'all's. This is your landscape. It's your ownership. What do you want to be known for? And and that's where that that's where the magic's coming. Is just asking questions, letting them reflect, and giving them that time to do that. And and in the workplace like this, where you're busy doing tasks, that's that's not easy to do. It's, it's not easy to slow down and, and do that for a little bit. So consistency. You know, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. We do that once a month. We slow down, and wow. we have our groups interact like that. So. That's well, so how do you, Jeff, how do you, you mentioned a safe place, um, you know, for you having a safe place for, for people to give their input. Do you have any thoughts on for companies or cultures out there? And they're like, you know, my, I, I, I could really use to cultivate more of a safe place, more of a safe environment. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it starts at the top. So when I'm doing those, I'm the most powerful person in the room and it starts with me. Right. And, and so I've got to validate, regardless of what somebody says, it may be something crazy. Um, I just need to validate it, take it as good data and, and, and keep doing that. But one of the easiest ways for a facilitator like me to do it is to write it down on a board behind me or a, a whiteboard and just validate their answer. And that that I that's one of the biggest ways. And people say, hey, my words were important enough to make it up there on the board and you know, they, then they feel important and a part of the group. Uh, we do this crazy little thing like Landscape University where we come up with standard operating procedures and we let our staff give us the directives on that. Hey, what, what do we want our turf grass to look like? And then they'll come in. Hey, we want it all at three inches high. We don't want it scalped. We don't want all this, you know, all these bad things happening. And we're writing all those down. So those become our standards. And um, it, it's great to hear that they have that high quality. And that's something we always talk about, the high quality of the turf and the first impressions and those type of things. But Lisa, going back to what you said, I think it starts with me and then validating them in that. But then also I do have this little thing is, is we're not going to talk about these things outside the room, right? We're going to make sure we don't want to laugh at people behind their backs and those kind of things. And, and I think that takes a little bit of time to earn that trust. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeff, you said something super powerful. You said, you know, these, you know, these are our standards, you know, and some leaders, they kind of have this command and demand type of style where it's like, these are my standards and this is how we're going to do things. And it's almost like they do all their thinking for them. And when I talk to some leaders, you know, maybe they have a team of 10, but really it's sort of like one brain and 20 hands. 
Right. It, yeah. Right. And it's, and it's almost like Jeff, you, you've got team members that like, boy, they have their own brains and they think for themselves and they're creative and they're, they're problem solvers. And, you know, and I think a lot of that goes to the people's brains operate best in a safe place. And you create that safety and then they show up and they give you their best. They give you their creativity. So talk about, talk about this idea of creativity, because, you know, when people think of like landscapers, they don't necessarily think of creativity. Yeah. And and landscapers, yes, we're doing, we're doing tasks over and over again, but at the same time, you need to figure out, be creative. Like how can you take mowing from 10 days and reduce that? Like it it used to take us 10 days to mow our entire property. Well, we're mowing it in four and a half now. Well, that comes from creativity. We have more grass than we had too. And so you, you got to be creative and how do you do that? And so you, you show them, you take them places. So like we would take them field trips. We would go to other places and we look and we still do this. Take them, let their horizons be expanded. Oh, wow. You know, what was your first impression here? And then uh, we would actually meet out in the field and talk about how can we make this tree right here that we're having to weed eat around it. How can we make it so we no longer have to weed eat around it? Well, gee, we could put pine straw around it or wood chips and put it into the bed. Little simple things like that. But now, you know, they're doing it, right? They don't have to come and ask Jeff, right? It's you're doing it. And so the the most rewarding thing for me is to not have to make any decisions today, (laughs) right? Because they're all being made at, at the front line level, right? They're making them. And there, and that's fine. What's the most frustrating for me is not seeing those decisions made at the frontline level. So I'm constantly having to try to build that trust and get that empowerment there. Yeah, that's super powerful. Well, Jeff, so one thing that I've been doing in my workshops is asking people this question. You know, when you think about the best leader that you've ever had, were they more concerned about what you were doing or who you were becoming? And I think when, when I think about great leaders, it's like, you know, you really kind of instill that heart of like, you're really concerned about the whole person who your team individually is becoming. Talk about some ways that sort of you've changed your mindset and kind of how that works for you. Well, I'm a very task driven person. So when I, when the switch flipped from me from task to what the big picture was, it really helped me. So what a lot of that, what you're saying is what are you doing versus who you're becoming? Yeah. And so we, we literally try to invest in people by buying them a book. Hopefully they'll read the book with us. Yeah. Uh, we'll go through videos, those types that we invest in people, right? Mm-hmm. Because I can get your hands, right? Yeah. I pay for your hands and people say, yeah, you pay for my back too, my strong back, <laughs> right. but I want your brain, right? I want you thinking, but most of all, I want your belief. You know, yeah. I need your belief. I need your heart. I need, if I've got your belief in your heart, I don't have to, I just do not have to worry about anything right. else. And so I, that's where I have to trust who I'm hiring until they show otherwise. But even then you're just really trying to trust and develop a leader. Every person on our team's a leader of some form or fashion. And that's what I want to grow is more and more leaders in our organization. And I love it when I see them go and start making more money in another department and, yeah. and making that a safe space. Hey, if this is not a good fit for you, keep looking for other places, right? Or maybe you'll get more money in another department. And that's hard. My, my, a lot of my guys say, quit saying that because we're losing people. It's like, <laughs> well, that's okay. You know, we're going to get more better ones too. We're going to get some good ones more in as well. 
Yeah, it's, it's almost like really transforming lives. And, you know, a particular leader that all three of us follow, you know, he was said of him, it said, as many as received him, he gave them the power to become. And I think that's the greatest power on earth. And especially it, it's, it's what us as leaders we, we do is that we help transform people's entire life, right? Help them become somebody different. And I know if I help them become, they're going to give me their heart. They're going to give me their passion, their engagement. If they know like I'm invested in like making you a better person, whether that's a better marriage, a better dad, right? A better spouse, better with my finances, better with my all these different areas, they all really all matter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. And that's, that's really interesting because, you know, some, some people would say, and, and this is a thought that's been in business from long ago is I don't want to invest in people because they're going to end up leaving and all of the best people that I have developed are going to go somewhere else. But I think that's a risk that we just have to be willing to take to invest in people because it's not about, what Jeff, what you said earlier, it's not about their hands. It's about their heart. It's about their whole person. And, you know, if I can make somebody better and they do end up going somewhere else, well, you know what? I think I've made the world a little bit better place because I've helped somebody else. And just knowing that those people that um, are going to come to me, you know, I'll probably do it all over again and invest in them and build them up and help their families. But it's, that's kind of what we're about. You know, we all want this world to be a better place. Our world, we want our work environments to be a better place. And I think that's an okay perspective to take. Absolutely. I, what's, you know, at least the, the, the one thing when you were thinking, when you were saying that, I was thinking, well, what happens if you don't train them, you don't develop them, then they stay. <laughs> right? then you, it's, it's, even, it's even worse. Oh my right. gosh. Right. We, right. we didn't invest in them and they're still here. That's right. That, you know, one of the crazy things, Dennis, we've done, you may remember this when you were here, but I don't know why I did this. I don't, I don't know how I got this idea, but it was, why don't I just start taking my, my team on small little groups to the local library, hmm. right? Oh. Who does that? What landscaping company, Dennis, do you know, takes landscapers to the local library and shows them how to check out books, how to download apps? how to do all these things. Well, I'm telling you, it play, paid huge dividends because the guy was just telling you about Patrick yeah. Yeah. changed his life. Wow. I mean, books have changed his life. But, uh, I asked him two years ago, I said, Hey, are you still reading? I know, I know you like audio books. What do you listen to? And he tells me he's listening to Phil Jackson's, you know, book on championships. Wow. He's become one of our better, better leaders who doesn't even have the title of a leader. And he's, he's, Wow. His life's changed. He's, he's because of what he's invested in, you know, in books and so forth. So it's been neat to see that transformation. Jeff, you've done a great job with it. And I'm real excited. You got a new book coming out um, real shortly in, in the fall and it's called Cultivate. Yeah. Why write another book, Jeff? It's like you got Weeders to Leaders that has just been across the nation. And, you know, I, I'll never forget, Jeff, in my, in my hometown, I, I sat with a, a guy that runs a landscape supply company. And he says, you know, he says, I've been reading this book. I says, really? He says, yeah, he says, this is by this McManus guy, Weeders to Leaders. He said, have you ever seen this? I go, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, I know that guy. I know that guy. So, you know, you had such great success with this, but, but why another book? Well, right? this, what were you a, thinking? this book is all about, it's the, the subtitle is A Landscape Leader's Guide to Empowering Teams. Wow. And it's, it's 31 short stories, right? So it's all about. Uh, it's really like a tailgate huddle. It's going to take you uh -huh. two to three minutes to read the story. Hopefully a supervisor or owner is reading this 
and then it just fosters discussion. It's just two questions in there, but it's what our secret to our success has been is having these little case studies or little stories. Yeah. And then we just talk about them and let the, and let the team talk about them. And they're, they're around meaty topics like adaptability, attitude, you know, dependability, all those keywords that owners and, and le- leaders thrive toward, you know, and, and we push toward trust and not that. So it gets a, we don't talk about that much in the workplace. We all shake our heads and say they're important, but mm-hmm. we don't intentionally plant those seeds of, uh, into our staff. And so this is what that opportunity is. I think, I think it'll be a great tool in the toolbox for the landscape leader. I love it, Jeff. So, so listen, if, you, if you're in the green industry or any kind of service industry, and you're looking for content for a tailgate talk, a, a Monday morning huddle, you know, a daily huddle, go get Jeff's book, Cultivate. Download it, get it wherever you get your books from. It's going to be everywhere coming out this fall, but, but make sure you get that book. Jeff, this has been great. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, thank you all for having me. Uh, an honor to be here with both of you guys. It's so been fun. It's been fun. We'll have to uh, actually get together in person soon, too. Yeah. Yeah. That we, sounds even more fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Jeff, where, where can people find more information about the Jeff McManus? Hey, jeffmcmanus.com. Pretty simple. But yeah, I'm on the web. You know, just go to my website and uh, there's some fun things there, uh, some downloads that might help you. 21 ways to cultivate greatness in your team. Right. And that's, uh, that's just things that I try to give away and help other leaders. And, um, yeah, jeffmcmanus.com. Awesome. So, so, so go check out Jeff. He's a fantastic leader and a great presenter. So if you're looking for a speaker at, at your next event, I've heard Jeff keynote he does an amazing job. So look Jeff up and, uh, contact with him. Lisa, this has been a blast. It's been fun. Yeah. So if you haven't been to the five day challenge, dramafreeresults.com, go there, get your, get your free challenge, five days, five emails, five videos, go get your focus back. And uh, I think we're done today. So we'll see you next time on the drama free living podcast.